This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee Truscott, breakup coach and podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak. And this is episode 208 with Simone Millicis. To skip this intro and get right into the episode, go to somewhere around the seven minute mark. This is so hard for me. Coming back into this after being away for the first time, it's like, am I overthinking everything or am I finally just thinking about everything? I've done these intros over the last month at various times, wanting so much to explain where I've gone, what I've learned, what's happening. And then I can't put it out there. It just feels like this resistance. And I don't know if it's resistance because I don't want you to know, like I'm trying to withhold, or if it's because I feel like I shouldn't be inserting myself into this podcast, that it's just better when the stories are about my guests Finally stepping away, I began to see what I've created. And then I received a letter, a letter that I've always dreamed of receiving that thanked me for creating Thank You Heartbreak. I never expected maybe even someone saying creator. I mean, I think I knew that's what I was always after, to create a new mindset, a new narrative around heartbreak. But to finally be called it? felt like divine timing and also this divine responsibility. This has got to get greater. This has got to get more powerful. I hear myself say about this podcast, I know it's good. I know it's been going for over 200 episodes, but I just feel internally like it needs to break upward. And so for these last months, I've been trying to resolve What I was bringing into the episode that you will hear in this episode, bringing in my own drama, stories of my dating life, perpetuating a problem that didn't even exist, that wasn't even true. It was humiliating. Humbling, I thought, what am I doing? I'm kind of infecting these episodes, I think, with my insertion of myself. And it's this hard thing to know. I want to be the host that people know, but then I feel like it's supposed to be about the spotlight being on others. Like everything is just better when I make it about the person. So on my end, as much as I want to tell you everything I've come into, I mean, each time I record, I'm in tears by the end of it. I feel like I have to listen to this resistance that says, don't share this. This is so drenched in you. And this podcast is supposed to be about others. And so maybe the next level of thank you heartbreak is really fine-tuning that. Getting to the core of the heartbreak, getting to the core of the gratitude, pushing for kind of that education too. 
you know, really checking myself. How much am I bringing into the episode? Is it necessary or indulgent? Do I need a therapist? Like what is going on? And if people do want the solo musings, maybe that should be a part of a Patreon. Maybe I should become more intentional with the ideas that I have about carving out this world exactly to this instead of trying to take all my ideas, all of myself, everything, and put it into one platform. Lenny, thank you, Heartbreak. The podcast be this podcast that's so totally focused on the other. And then the other elements that I want to bring in about my dating life and what's going on, maybe putting that somewhere else so it doesn't distract. If you have feedback I honor it. I take it in. I take it seriously. It's like whispers, guides telling me more of this. It's important to know. If you don't like things, if you don't need things, it's important to know. I'm here for you guys. This has saved my spirit for sure. But you matter too in this. And you do have the power to shape what I am creating. So if you have feedback, please Chelsea at breakupward.com. I feel like I have these standards that I won't sleep on, that this push, this need, this I have to figure out how to take this to the next level to break upward. It's almost like, oh, I won't forgive myself if I don't do it. That time needs to be now. And I'm going to be working out the kinks, be figuring it out, but just know that There's so much heart that goes into this and I want you all to have the most value. I want to make sure you are getting what you need and uh, I'm just reaching. So what you're going to hear in this episode, I will just tell you the things that I was sharing about my dating life. I was so off. I was so off. But rather than telling you all about that, I will save that for another time and just get into the episode about my guest. Really because of her, because of the questions she asked me about the way that she spoke about vulnerability, a word I thought I knew everything about, she really kind of cracked me, made me think, oh wait, maybe I need to pull back for the first time. And pulling back is what is changing everything. It got me to see what I've created and see who I've become after a stretch of singleness, who I've become through 2020, who I'm becoming the rapid revelations through dating. I credit my guest here. So even though it's taken a while to get this into your ears, and even though things that I say on this episode, I wish I could take back, I was off, I'm humiliated by it. It all mattered. It all is waking me up. And if it can wake me up, Maybe it will hit you too. Okay, well, my name is Simone Millicis and I work with Access Consciousness and I've written a few different books and I've been working and traveling, well, before 2020, around the world and facilitate seminars everywhere. And I guess my greatest interest in facilitating awareness and consciousness is in business with money and relationships would be the top three, you know, seminars that I usually do around the world. All the things, the most important things. 
Well, it's the things that a lot of people think they have a problem with and they actually don't. There's so much more that's available with those three topics. Really? They don't actually have a problem? Like they don't actually have a problem with their relationship? Well, you invent a problem. Mm. Why would we invent a problem? Good question. And that's a question that I think everyone should ask themselves is, you know, what need do I have in inventing this problem? Like so many times people will look at a relationship and then you decide something's not right. Or, I mean, with women, it's like so many women would look at their relationship with a man and, you know, decide that he's not doing enough or he should be doing something different, etc. Rather than what if you actually just sat down and went, all right, what if I was grateful for this man in my life? You know, what's right about him I'm not getting and asked a question and you were grateful for what you had and what you were creating rather than always looking at what you don't have. Mm, Looking at it with gratitude. Yeah. I mean, it's framing our relationships. I like that a lot. If we looked at the person, we thought about what we were getting from them rather than what we weren't getting. Now you said that you feel like women do this. I mean, a lot of women I have spoken to over the years and definitely at our seminars and with private sessions and things like that, they tend to complain about what is not happening. Like if you look at a group of women that sit down, how many times do you hear like a woman just talk amazingly about the man that they're with and then the next one says, yes, you know, my husband or my boyfriend or my lover, et cetera, is just simply wonderful too, et cetera, and you receive them for everything that they are or... And people do this, the same thing with money. It's like they'll complain about money or they'll complain about relationship. And then the next person sort of goes, yeah, you know, and starts to align and agree with that and create this trauma and drama that to me doesn't have to exist. I mean, one of the things that I always say, if you want to train someone, get a puppy. The amount of women I see that actually want to train a man to be something that they've decided that they should be rather than let a man be a man and you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun. A lot more fun. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I always talk about how women have this ability. They're parodying each other. You know, it's almost like there's this feeling like we're not allowed to speak about our relationships when they're doing well. Right. Throwing it in our friend's face that things are good for us. So, oh, we just commiserate together. Yeah. And it's like, what if that you didn't have to commiserate? What if you were just like, what if you were happy? Like, what if you woke up happy? And you were happy if you were in a relationship or not in a relationship. And that is one of the pieces of information that I really like to get out there into the world is you're not right if you're in a relationship and you're not wrong if you're not in a relationship. And that is so much what this reality and society sort of projects at you. And I would like people to know that they actually have the choice. You can choose to be in a relationship. And if you do, make it a great one. Like I see people say, oh, they've got a great relationship. They've been married for 42 years. And I'm like, I'm sorry, 42 years doesn't make a great relationship. You can be in a relationship for five years and it's great. But then you get to that point where you go, okay, maybe we've done everything that we were meant to do together. And maybe it's time to, you know, finish this relationship and find out what other adventures are out there in the planet. Mm. That's a new shift in thinking, right? Accepting that there can be a shelf life for marriages and that when it's run its course to embrace yeah. it. And I think that's, um, I, mean, I mean, now it's way more accepted, which I'm very grateful for, that the book that I wrote, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? I actually wrote with my ex, Brennan Watt, and we wrote it together because so many people were asking us, how are you creating your relationship? Because we just got on so well, we had a lot of fun and it was always changing. So we actually started to do seminars on relationship. And then 
we created this book, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? And then as it was released, much to our PR agents, uh, you know, astonishment, we actually broke up. And we're in America and we had all these TV shows and she's like, oh, my God. And we're like, don't worry, we got this because this needs to be a part of it as well. You need to acknowledge when, when the relationship as it was is changing and there's something else that's possible. So we at the moment still have a lot of investments together. Like we went, well, just because breaking up the, you know, the lover part and the living together, it doesn't mean that we can't have these, a financial relationship and a friendship together. So that's what we are creating right now. And Brennan would be, you know, one of my best mates. And then we're also creating, you know, other things within our lives that have become more. And if we had decided to stay in the relationship together, which we both acknowledged, it was more getting to that place of maintaining rather than creating something greater. And like I said, I would really like people to get that it's not wrong if you're choosing to be single or choosing to end a relationship. It's like, that's okay. Yeah, it's always that question like, well, why are you single? A guy said to me the other day, I was talking to him and he goes, why aren't you taken? And I said, because I'm not looking for that. And I said, look, I'm not one of those because I do know a lot of females who look at, oh, I need a relationship. And it's like, do you? And it's like, what if you get to choose a relationship? It's not from need. And I said, look, I'm really busy. I mean, I usually travel 10 months of the year. Yes, at the moment I'm in Australia and I have been since March. And I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. And I love my life. It's like I wake up really happy. And yes, I like sex. So it's like, okay, so what if I created a lover in there, et cetera, or lovers you can have and created that, but not necessarily this relationship where I desire to move in with someone and live with someone. Right now I have this big, beautiful house that I love living with on my own. And I don't need a relationship. I don't need somebody else to complete me. And he just went, good answer. I wonder if that's why people kind of desire not to love what they're doing. If they love what they're doing, I think that the need for someone else is less. I mean, you can want to share it with them. But I know for myself, when I wasn't proud or excited by my own life, when I was sleeping on the opportunities that my life was giving me, I needed a relationship more. Because that was the thing that woke me up. That was the thing I came alive for. That was the thing of possibility. But when I gave myself that, I don't walk around during the day thinking about the relationship I need to get in. It's all changed. And I wonder if people, because they think that something looks like wrong with them if they're not in a relationship, they almost don't want to be satisfied in their single life because they're afraid that they would just stay single. Yeah. Well, I would ask also the question of yourself and especially at this time, I mean, I know a lot of people who used to travel a lot or their work has been affected by, you know, COVID. And I would ask, you know, are you bored? And it's like, what are you trying to create? Like how many people create a relationship because they're bored? It's like how many people create some sort of work because they're bored and it entertains them? What if you weren't looking for entertainment? What if you were actually asking for something greater to show up? Like each day, When I'm in bed, like the last few months, I've been asking, what would it take for today to be greater than yesterday? What would it take for me, my business, you know, money flows? It's like my relationships with everyone and everything to be greater today than it was yesterday. And keep asking those questions to create something greater. Like if you look around this planet, it's like, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and what it generates. And we are a part of this. And I just watched this amazing documentary. It's on Netflix the other day called My Octopus Teacher. 
beautiful documentary. And at the end of it, he's talking about being here on the planet. And he says, we're not just a visitor, we're a part of it. And to me, that's so true. We are a part of this earth. We are a part of this planet. And then we entertain ourselves with the commissary and the trivialness of trauma and drama rather than, you know, if you have all of you and you are choosing all of you each and every day, and then you choose to be in a relationship, it's, it's usually going to be great because you're literally looking at this other person and this person, you know, contributes joy to you. You contribute joy to them, but it's not from necessity. It's from choice. Big difference. Such a big difference. When I was younger, I was so adverse to this idea of needing my boyfriends. And I remember mm-hmm. them really kind of drilling into me that that is what love is, this need. And I was always skeptical. And then, of course, I became so attached and codependent on him. But as I began dating really for the first time just recently during COVID, it hit me. It struck me that this is all choice. I get yep. to choose like... I really am looking back and I've repeat, I've been saying this now, if you have been listening to the podcast, but I think I kind of used to roll over whoever found me, I chose, like I, I ended up with them. I didn't realize as much, I didn't harness as much that I have choice. Like I can choose just to sleep with this person for one night and want to explore more with someone else. And mm-hmm. I think it's so um, exciting. It's, I think women have a problem with this. They're always waiting for the man to choose them. They're always waiting for the green light from the man. And uh. Well, I would say one of the biggest programs that is projected at us is that choosing and chosen. And people do this with everything. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who I work with, and she's brilliant at so many things. And she said, Simone, I realized that every single time someone said, oh, you're so great at this, she would go, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then someone would say, you're great at this. And she'd go, I'll do that. But that's like someone choosing you. So she goes, oh, that's then my choice. Rather than would I actually like to do this? That's you choosing. So how many people do the choosing and chosen? Like you said, once you're chosen, you go, oh, well, this is where I'm at rather than does this actually work for me? And one of the tools that I would say is you wake up each day. And I did this for eight years when I was in relationship with Brendan Watt, the co-author of the book we wrote. Each day I would wake up and ask, okay, is this a contribution? Would I like to choose this today? And not being dramatic, like today I don't want to. And, you know, then you have a fight or kick out of the house, but you go and I go, yeah, it is. Because we had a lot of different things going on. Like I was the one for 18 months. I fully supported him. Like I was earning way more money than him, but he was in the house and doing different things. And I'd be like, yeah, it's a contribution. You have to be in question. If you're in question, then you're choosing every single day. So don't go to the conclusion of like, oh, and marriage to me is such a conclusion of that place of, you know, now we're married, now this means this. And then people start to go into, you know, create the limitations or we've got the answer. No, you don't have the answer. You need to be in question every single day of what's actually going to create this to be greater. You know, what else is possible with this relationship? What else is possible in sex? What else is possible with our work? What else is possible geographically? Like all of it. Because the second you go to that conclusion, you create the limitation and don't allow anything else to show up. Don't you think a lot of people, though, they're looking to get married and to stop questioning? Like that's the whole point for them. They want to be secure and safe and stable. Well, here's the insane thing. I think a lot of people do that so that they can have a predictable life. 
Here's the twist, ladies and gentlemen. Have you <laughs> ever had a day that showed up the way you thought it was going to? Like not one day do you wake up in the morning and go, this is what it's going to look like. And at the end of the day, you go, that showed up exactly the way I thought it was going to. It just doesn't. It's like the weather. It's like everything. Nothing ever shows up the way you think it's going to. So a lot of people I see choose relationship, choose marriage based on now I have a predictable life. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You don't have a predictable life. What if part of living was the adventure that you could have? Trust me, it sounds a little bit like I'm, <laughs> I'm against marriage. I'm uh, not. Anti-relationship? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not at all. It's like, really, if you're going to have a relationship, if you're going to get married, don't do it because, like I said before, it's a necessity or you think you need one. You know, like the name of our book is Relationship. Are you sure you want one? Since Brendan and I broke up, which is a couple of years ago, I have been exploring what it is that I would like and not going to the answer of it. And I keep looking at this going, okay, so would I actually like another relationship? And there's aspects of relationship that I really enjoy. I love the intimacy. I like sex. I like that intimacy that you have with someone like that closeness. Familiarity. Yeah, the familiarity. And it's like that... Um, you know, someone that, that is close to you, that knows you, that you already have this friendship with, that can make you laugh, etc. And then if I look at my house that I'm living in at the moment, I'm like, mm, I prefer something like Downton Abbey where at the moment, you know, where you have like the female has their room, their own bathroom, the male has theirs, their own yeah. bathroom. And then you have this, you know, door that joins up so that you can go visit each other, but you have your own space. I'm thoroughly enjoying my own space at the moment. So there's the different aspects. And I realized also I have a lot of those aspects with a lot of male friends in my life. It's Mm -hmm. like I have some really good male friends that are just, they're there for me. They have my back and I know I can call them at any time. I mean, the big joke has become, I always go, I need a man. (laughs) Do you have a shifter? Do you have this? Can you fix this for me? And they're like, sure. And they come around and help me out. But I'm actually willing to ask for help and I'm willing to receive it and not create myself as less than. I'm like, I need a man. Can you help me? And then and also creating, you know, you know, maybe the lovers, etc. So it's always being in question of what works for you. What is it you desire to create with your life? Do you think one has to, for lack of a better word, worry if they have children about coming into these questions? Does it change things if you have a household with children? I think it's a bit of a fallacy that it does. The, I mean, God, nowadays it's like there's so many friends of mine, as probably you have too, Chelsea, that have you know been married, kids, etc., and now they're split up and there's two households and. For myself, with Brandon, when we lived together, he had a son who was five when I met him. Mm. So Nash pretty much lived with us the whole time. Like he was with us 80% of the eight years that we were together. So I ended up with a five-year-old that I was like, how did this happen? You know? Yeah. And uh, But we had a great relationship and, you know, five to 14 or something like that. Teenage was a bit interesting. When he turned 12, I was like, oh my goodness, he turned into a teenager overnight. But what I also see is, When you have the kids split up and they go spend, you know, there's a lot of, you know, modern day is one week on, one week off or, you know, they work something out. What I've noticed is when you have the kids, you're actually really present with the kids. And then when you don't have the kids, you get to have you. Like one of my favorite things when Nash would go to his mom's was, I didn't have to worry about dinner. You could just have wine and cheese. You know, just those little things that you were like, you're like, seriously, you want dinner again? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think about that more and more. 
Oh my yeah. gosh. It's like how many nights can you give your kid pizza before it's considered, you know. Abuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think you need to look at the greatness that is created by kids getting to live in two households, not the wrongness of it. Oh, I've definitely heard friends say more and more that one, the upside of separate homes is that they get to focus on themselves, like you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then when that changed, remember with one of my friends, this real worry and fear of like, when is it going to be my time again? And I remember to be perfectly honest, like judging it, like that's not what parents are about. It's supposed to be around the clock. Like, what is this new dynamic in this world where we say, oh, we don't have to be a mother 24-7, that we get to have our own time? I don't know. Maybe I'm softening. I mean, I said to this friend of mine the other day, she's a single mom with two kids, and she's just created this scenario where she has to move out of a house and she doesn't have another house yet. And so her kids are going to live with her ex for a month and she's sorting stuff out. And she was doing this like, oh, my God, I'm such a terrible mother. And I went, all right. I said, did you create this? Like, did you actually desire some space? And it took a lot of courage for her to look at that. And she went, yeah, I did. Okay. And she said, but I love my kids. And I said, it's fine to love your kids and hate being a parent sometimes. Mm. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world being a parent. It really isn't. And there is no handbook. Every kid is different. So you can love your kids and hate being a parent and actually desire to create something for you. And that's okay. And here's the other piece. If you actually start choosing for you, and if you are a mother or a father, et cetera, and you choose what works for you, you are going to empower your kids to know that they can also choose for them. And I think it becomes very obvious when you see a parent that isn't choosing for themselves. And that's very obvious to a child. Then you associate even, you know, marriage or just becoming adult with kind of giving up on your dream. Yeah, rather than, wow, my mom and dad, you know, had everything that they desired. They were there for me as well. Like it's not either or. It's not a binary world. Like you don't say I'm going to be a great parent. That means I'm not this. It's like you can be everything you desire. You can work it out. And most people do that thing of saying, oh, well, I'm too busy. I can't add anything else to my life. Not true. I would ask every day, who or what else can I add to my life today? Because you can. Mm, who or what else can I add to my life today? When you were asking yourself, do I choose this relationship again? And if the answer becomes, I don't want to choose it today, was that immediately in your head, oh God, this is the decline of the relationship? Or can you say no on a certain day and kind of come back from that? Yes. If you're like, oh, I'm not sure this is working. What I would do is I would ask yourself a question, not the person you're with, of what would need to change with this relationship for it to work for me? And then it could be anything. I mean, it could be that you would like, you know, your partner to contribute more in a certain area. That doesn't mean telling them, hey, you need to put the bin out every night or something like that. It's more the way a woman can manipulate a man is quite incredible. Really? <laughs> and women don't use it enough. Same and, more. I, I'm feeling like it might be sex related. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, everything is foreplay. You're asking someone to put the trash out instead of saying, hey, can you put the trash out? It's like, what if you're like, hey, lover or enjoyable other? And it's like, would you be able to put the trash out for me? You know, can I get you a drink? Yeah. You know what would really excite me is you putting the trash out. <laughs> Yeah, but do you know what? That would actually work, Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I love it. I can see it all playing out right now. Yeah, well, it's like you promise everything and then you deliver whatever it is you want. 
I mean, relationship, so many people misidentify that too, is like, now we have to be totally truthful with each other on absolutely everything. No, it's like Brendan and I used to manipulate each other all the time. But if you have a judgment about what manipulation is, then you will be the one that ends up being manipulated. It's like manipulation is that flirtation and it is that, you know, uh, that flirtation and that questioning of what else you can, you know, create with this, et cetera. Like, you know, I was just saying to someone the other day, I love it when a man is a man. And it's like when a man opens a door for me, you're at a restaurant, he pours the wine instead of me having to pour the wine. It's like, or pulls out my chair or lifts my bags up. I mean, I'm quite capable of carrying my own bag. <laughs> but when a man offers to carry my bags, and it's like, I love that. I love being treated like a lady. Mm. And that is totally manipulation from a man's point of view and a woman's point of view. Like a friend of mine once said to me, I was on this plane and I was trying to get my bag out at the top and he looked at me and he was just a good friend and he said, Simone, do you realise that if you let me help you, I will move mountains for you? And at that moment I went, wow, I have not been willing to receive from the men in my life and they so desire to give to me. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm less than, doesn't mean that they're greater based on judgement. It's like, you know, I'm allowing him to be a man and he's treating me like a lady. It's not about being equal. It's not about one is greater. It's just, what if we honored that with each other? Love how we're like thinking about returning to the old school way. That's how yeah. it used to be done. I think yes. that nowadays is that women without even realizing it are taking the lead and men are trying to play to them more to accommodate. So if you were showing that you don't need help, a man will accommodate that. But if you show that you need them and you want them to step up, they'd be willing to do that as well. Absolutely. And I think nowadays a man doesn't really know what he should do. Yeah. With some women, like if he opens a door or picks up a bag, you know, I mean, I watched this movie yesterday and there was this scene in it and this woman had these bags and the guy said, can I take your bags upstairs for you? And she goes, no, no, I've got it. And I was like, God, that's so often what women do. No, no, I've got it. And it's like, of course you can take your bags upstairs, but why not let the man do it for you? Or even ask if you said, hey, would you be able to, you know, take my bags upstairs for me? And it's like men like being treated like that. But we, you said it, we are the leaders. We are the leaders way more than what we've been willing to acknowledge. We get to choose. And when we engage with men and we ask them to contribute to us in that way, it gives them permission to be everything that they are. I mean, women's lib movement, I don't think it did a whole lot of good in creating what that looks like. Because like you said, we used to know what our roles were, you know, female, male. Now, I guess women's lib created the difference in, say, the workplace and everything like that. But I think we need to have a look at what it is we desire to create now. Like for me, I'm very successful in work and I love what I do. I love working. I love my job. I love business. You know, I've created money. It's like I've done all of that and I've created my own house. I'm very independent in that way. And yet I truly love a man who is being a man around me and treats me like a lady. What if we allowed all of that to show up and not have to have this, I'm a successful woman, so now I don't need this. It's like, no. Not to be such a statement. Yeah. It's like, allow that too. Got to lead that. We actually have to ask the men. I know. And men are always just, ah, they seem so shocked by women that allow them or encourage them to be a man. I hear all the time about the whole door situation, how so many women get upset. It seems like 
pure comedy that that's actually happening. But I guess that's real. Wow. It does open a door for you. What I suggest is receive it and then thank him. I always look him in the eye. Thank you for being a gentleman. Yeah. You know, what's been so amazing is my friend and I during, you know, quarantine and everything, we were always like out exploring and stuff. And now that there's this sidewalk dining in New York City, everyone seems really accessible. You know, they're just right there. So we always like approach men. We always initiate. And it's amazing to see how startled they are. And my friend at first was like, what's wrong with these guys? Like they're not men anymore. And I'm like, I just don't think they're used to it. Like how different it is for a man to be approached. And then like, it doesn't mean that you are always leading, but I think that men, they've been told not to approach women anymore, or they're harassing them or they're being creative. So now, I mean, honestly, I think that you have to be someone that could, you know, put yourself out there and not wait. And then a guy can lead as well. But I think that women, they've created this problem. And if they don't want it to be a problem, they need to start initiating in the beginning. Exactly. The amount of conversations I've had, like in our classes, et cetera, with women with sex with their partner, and they'll complain that they are the ones that are initiating sex all the time. I'm like, yeah, but a man has been told, don't do anything unless you've given permission, like no means no, or even, you know, something slightly that looks like no means no. Like they've been taught like, you know, stand back sort of thing. Yeah, all the nonverbal ways. Exactly. So if you have to initiate sex, then initiate sex or even give him permission. Like men are quite simple creatures when they're not nearly as complex as women. They don't have the subtext. They don't do all of that. So even if you spoke to them and said, hey, you know what? I love it when you come home and, you know, the first thing you want to do is take my clothes off or something like that or jump in the shower with me. Give them permission to actually start initiating, but don't walk around expecting it and not actually ask for it. Right. Men like direction. They really like direction. They really, really, really do like direction. You're saying like permission, direction. And then I think it was like 90 Day Fiance I was watching last night. I think that it was in the show. Oh, she was saying... I really want him to be more confident and initiate. I would be ready for anything physical at any moment. So she's telling him, have your way, come at me. The therapist asks you, but is your energy giving off a signal that you desire this? She always looks like she can't tolerate this person. It's like, you have to make sure that not only do you give them permission, but that you're available for something that you look like you want something. I think when you walk around and you're judging a man for not being the man that you want, what is seeping out of you is resentment and unattractiveness, you know, like, yeah. I mean, do you walk past him and like, you know, slowly like touch him on the bottom or touch him in the crutch or something like that, or just like slowly run your hand down his arm or anything that gives him that permission and that energy of like we're good yeah let's go yeah Uh, different reality and do you know Chelsea there's a level of vulnerability with everything that we're talking about that I get people have to choose like one of the things that we talk about is the five elements of intimacy and I worked on this with myself and the five elements of intimacy is you know, having that vulnerability, the gratitude, the trust and the honor and the allowance and having that with yourself. And every day I would ask, you know, where I wasn't willing to be that with myself, because if you have that with you, then you can have that with somebody else. Because then if you walk past someone and it's like, you know, I mean, with uh, my ex, it's like so often he'd be on the couch watching TV and I'd go lie on the couch so I can go and like crawl up between his legs or something. And he'd look at me and go, what's happening? And his point of view was, 
like he didn't really like cuddling unless it led to something is what he would say. So it became this big joke. But the amount of times that I would go to initiate sex and if he said no, because he would say no, like, you know, every now and then, not making yourself wrong for it. You're not less than. He'd be like, hun, you know, not right now. Like, can we like later? Whatever. But being okay with that. And if you have those five elements of intimacy with you, then you are okay with that. You don't take that as a wrongness. And how many people are trying to look at this, like, you know, this expectation of like, if I do this, what's going to happen next? Rather than, you know, anything can show up. And if it's a no, that's totally fine too. Hmm. There's a woman that came on, thank you, Heartbreak, my podcast is podcast, and she was saying something like the difference between vulnerability and manipulation, and you've used the word manipulation, and it's making me think, she didn't use this example, but like if you were to initiate sex, vulnerability is being okay with him saying no and not making it yeah. out to be the worst thing he never wants me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I would do, one of my, you know, tricks <laughs> would be, we have a great shower like it's huge and you know Brennan created the shower the design of it so if he was in the shower quite often it's like I would just go in the shower and jump in the shower with him and a lot of the times that would lead to sex and then some of the times it'd just be like hey you know can I wash your back and it may be that but there's still that level of intimacy with each other and that level of closeness that you have but it doesn't actually have to lead to copulation you know but you still have that and it's like I see so many people go it has to be copulation or even making orgasm about the end result. And it's like, no, it's like, what if you just got naked with each other in the shower and washed each other? Mm. And it's not about copulation. It's not about orgasm. And it's like, that's not the result or the conclusion that you're looking for. It's like you have this energy of play and this energy of, you know, intimacy and touch that is really fun and joyful and may, may end up in copulation and may not. That is the word that I think about that can go missing or or it used to really go missing when I was in a relationship was just being playful. And you're also really making me sad because there was someone that I was seeing and I think that it's over, but, um, and he had the best shower and like, it's so rare to find someone (laughs) in New York. So exactly. It's worse. It's like gross. And he had this walk in shower and it was huge and it had a steam shower too and it was like yeah. all the fantasies that I had oh my god I, <laughs> I just maybe want you to. should give him a call <laughs> I want to but oh god yeah I don't know my shower is broken do you think I could come over and shower at your house I, I would do it but something really strange happened I received a message on Instagram and it was like this whole thing and asking about my relationships. It was like a random person supposedly. And then at the very end, it said, you know, it's me. I've been embarrassed to admit this. I'm a cuck and I want to watch you with other men. And so now I'm like, is that the person I've been with? Like, is this real? Is right. this-? So now I'm like, there's no more shower scenes. He's, I'm like, was that him? I don't know what to do. Did you ask him if it was him? Did you bring him? No, I haven't asked. So why don't you bring him and just say, hey, I got this message on Instagram, but don't judge it. I mean, how vulnerable is that too for someone to actually admit what it is that they would like? So if he wants to watch you with other men and it's like, doesn't mean you have to choose it, but what if you didn't judge it? And you could even have a conversation with him and be like, hey, so what is it about that that you would like? You know, and, and find out, like, ask more questions rather than go to the conclusion of, like, that's right or that's wrong. I think that you're right about that. You know, it was weird with this person. There was something from the very beginning 
where I've never really experienced this, but I think I used to be much more judgmental. And there was something about him where I put that to the side. I think that I could be open to hearing, you know, what it's about and all this stuff. What makes it hard though, is the other part of me thinks, no, this guy has just gone off the map because he's actually done with me. Not because he was that person. Like, is it the same person? And that's why I'm not hearing from him because he feels rejected. Or do the guy just, is he just done with me? So it's like... Yeah, but why don't you just call him and ask? My pride is getting in the way. But they say, that's the place that I'm talking about, vulnerability. Create these scenarios in your head and like this fictional reality that's not true rather than just being like, hey, can you help me with something? I've, I've got a few questions. It's like I got this message on Instagram and it's like, first of all, was that you? And if so, it's like... So what is that all about? Like what would interest you in you watching me with sleeping with other men? Mm. As my PR agent would say, it's all good copy. <laughs> I mean, you have a podcast. It's like, you know, maybe it turns into something, some more information. Because we're not cut and dry. Like we're not, you know, this is not a linear reality that we live by. It's not like, dun, 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 dun. it's not like that. Even though, like I said before, we try and create this predictable life and it's like predictable life is not available. And say, like, so what if we actually started living this adventurous life and started living and find out more information? Mm. And so if it wasn't him, I guess it's creating, you know, it would still well, be. Then you have a laugh about it. But, but do you get that someone just imitated you and said that this was you and blah, 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 you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. But I guess I just have to get over the fact that I think he muted me on Instagram. He doesn't look at any of my stuff anymore since this happened. So that's why I don't want to approach him because I don't want to be like another girl that the moment they get muted or recognize that something's different, they fucking pounce. That's why I don't want but, to ask But him. you're not. But you're not. I'm not pouncing. I'm just asking. No. Yeah. Send him a text. Hey, would you be willing to have a chat? I have a few questions. No, <laughs> I can't. That seems- so what's the, okay, so here's my thing. What's the worst possible thing that can happen, Chelsea? Um, well, I guess I could, he could have blocked me everywhere, but I guess the worst thing could be, you know, he could be like, no, okay. There's no message on Instagram. And the reality is that he has just moved on from me out of the blue in my mind. And yeah, but you've already gone to the conclusion of that rather than just the worst possible thing is he could say no. Okay, cool. That's yeah. it. That's the worst possible thing. I don't know. It's just- you were all willing to be that, you know, like we said, like that vulnerable and that, Willing to talk about anything with no judgment. I mean, if you look at, you know, the saying of perverted point of view, what's a perverted point of view? It's only based on judgment. Like if you look at one, at something that someone would do, you know, with sex and then someone would say that's perverted, why is it perverted? Because you judge it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if you had no judgment, then what would you choose? That's a great way of looking at it. I've also thought none of my ego involved. If I didn't think that there was any form of rejection that was going to happen, what would I do in a circumstance? Yeah. I mean, and rejection, it's like, it's like, does it mean anything? Like, I mean, like I said, I used to, you know, I, I really like sex. So there was, I was always, you know, hitting Brandon up and, and there was a few times that he said no. And at one point, you know what I did when he said no, I said, what if I pay you? Cause I earned more money as well. And I also liked him having his own money. Uh, and I said, what if I pay you? And he looked at me and he was like, really? And I went, yeah. And I said, what if I give you $500? And he went, okay. Wow. 
And we had sex and I paid him $500 and I left it on the night table next to the bed. So, and I was like, thank you. And it was great because he was all about me. He was so attentive because I was paying him for sex and it changed the energy. But I could have gone, oh, he said, no, I'm rejected. Instead, I went, hmm, what else is possible? What if I pay you? And with that money, he went out and got a massage and then he went and bought us dinner and a nice bottle of wine. And I was like, but he got to choose what he was going to do with that $500. Wow. Different reality. But you know what, guys? It's time to create a different reality. I mean, if you look at this, you know, 2020 and what, what has occurred, talk about not predictable anymore. And the world has changed. We're not going back to normal. We're not going back to anything. We get to create the future. So what would we like that future to be? And with relationships, with yourself, with everything, we get to create it. We get to choose. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable to think, right? Just how one decision can influence so much your future or just create a new moment or memory. If I were to do what you're saying, let's say, and it were to create a conversation or let's say it was an episode or let's say it's an experience, but if you do nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. And then you're 90 going, damn, I should have done that. (laughs) I don't want to be 90 and be like, so was that really him? Oh my God. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Chelsea, you have home play and you have to let me know what happens. (laughs) You really think I should do this? Uh, Yes. We've already decided what's the worst thing that can happen. He says no. Okay. Then you're just, you're you're back at the place where you are. Yeah. You're like, hey, someone messaged me on Instagram. Was it you by chance? Yeah. Mm. And just leave it at that. You know, what's so funny is the person originally, they were posing, you know, as someone else and they were saying like, that I needed to be more vulnerable with this guy, that my Instagram really gives off this sense that there's so many men in my life. And that if I really am interested in this one guy, that I need to be vulnerable with him. I need to ask him out. I need to make it happen. I need to tell him that I want to commit to him. And I didn't do it. It was last weekend. And I just, I was like, no. So it's so, so- who was sending you the message though? Somebody else. So I got, yeah, on Instagram, I got this message and it just started, you know, going. And this guy originally sent me these pictures of himself, fake pictures, I now realize. And then the question became, have you kissed anyone lately that you didn't want it to stop with? And I said, actually, yes. And he asked me more questions. And then it started to become about like all the other men that I've been with and how this guy has been watching my Instagram. And he's shocked to learn that there's one person in my life that I care about. And if that's the case, that I need to do this with that guy. And I you need to call him. <laughs> I think there's what I think there's more information that you're not aware of. Hmm. Remember we spoke about right at the beginning of the podcast that you know men need permission and they need to have that direction and women need to take the lead. You need to acknowledge that you actually have the lead here. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes we underestimate. You know, one, we don't, whether we don't see the insecurity in others, like I wouldn't have necessarily thought that he said that, you know, he doesn't have confidence like about his penis size. That's what I was saying, these messages. I'm like, how's that possible? All men do. I know. I imagine. I think it's so natural. I've heard that. But I think that whether we don't realize the insecurity in others, I think we also don't realize the power that people see that we have. You know, we don't necessarily pick up on the power dynamic in relationships. Yeah. And like I said, it's like we've had the lead for a very long time. Mm. We really have. And it's like we need to acknowledge that and we need to be kind with it. 
not mean with it. And I think if we are the leaders that we can be, then we can create a really different world. Mm. It's so amazing because I talk to your ex and I love yeah, yeah. that like now I get to talk to you. <laughs> he's great. I, he's one of my best friends easily. Like we adore each other. One question, one last question. Like, what do you feel like you needed to have within yourself in order to remain best friends with an ex? Do you think there's a quality that you have? Uh, yeah, I think you need to have the courage to do that. Like at one point, you know, we were meeting with our accountant and we were looking at everything that we owned and we we're like, well, let's sell everything and split it and do that and do what, you know, so many people do. And it had this like sense of separation and this, you know, animosity. And then we looked at each other and we said, and Brandon grabbed a bottle of wine. And he said, let's go out into the veranda and chat. And we went out, and we had a drink together. And we both sat there and cried and went, this doesn't feel good. And it was like, what else could we create here? And so we started to sort of break it down and went, just because we're not lovers, just because we're not living together, doesn't mean that we can't create a financial relationship and a friendship together. But to actually ask for that, because again, so many people would go, well, I'm not asking for that because I'm too proud. Yeah. What's being proud? It's like, what if you had the courage to say, hey, this is what's up for me. Mm. This is what I would like to create. Does that work for you? And you've got to be willing for the other person to say, no. I want to sell everything and split it. And you're like, okay, got to be willing for all of it to show up. But it doesn't mean that you're less than. So I think it really requires that courage and that vulnerability again to actually ask for what it is you desire and what's going to work for you. And our relationship just keeps getting better and better and greater and greater. And we have no desire. Do you know how many interviews we do? And people go, so the big question is, why won't you get back together? <laughs> like, um, sure. I mean, I think that the idea is like, wow, you've seen that you can do these two things, finances and friendship. Wouldn't that encourage you back no. in this relationship? I think that once no. you make that decision, there is something like that, that switch can go down. Yeah, I agree. And I have no desire to be in a lover relationship with Brendan again. And I'm pretty sure that he doesn't with me either. It's like we contribute to each other and my life has changed so much in the past two years and I'm having a great deal of fun and it's good. I like it. You seem like it. <laughs> so I find the word break upward and I'm curious what it might mean to you. I mean, a friend of mine, I was having a drink with him the other day and he said, God, he said, there's so much more of you here right now. He said, it feels like there's all of you. And no matter who you are in relationship, there seems to be this place where you sort of check in you know, and it's like not even cognitive where you sort of go, you know, check in to see if they would like it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, even like when I traveled, like, you know, we had this deal sort of thing, like a week away was great. It was always fun to see each other. Two weeks was, you know, doable. Three weeks were like, eh. so we would make sure that with our travel schedule that we wouldn't have more than three weeks away. So that's still like a, it's an honoring of the relationship. It's an honoring of the other person, but it's still this check-in. Whereas now it's like, I get to choose whatever that is. Like, like I loved having that with Brendan. It worked. Okay. But now it's like what I'm creating for myself is something really different. And I know that there is definitely all of me. And if I choose to have another relationship, it's going to be even more of me mm-hmm. being involved in this relationship. So what if it was always greater, always greater, always greater, never, ever. I mean, if you look at your life, every single time something has occurred that you go, oh, my God, you know, I don't know, whether it's a job or, you know, I don't know, money, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, it's like, can you freak out? Your life has always gotten better pretty much. 
but you go through that stage of that, you know, because it's you grieve what was and you grieve the limitations rather than, you know, step into, as you say, breaking upwards, yeah, into something that you don't actually know what it's going to look like and be like, yet embrace it. That's the adventure of living. Like this is our life. It's not a trial run. It's like, not. This is it. It's, it's, it's happening right. in real time. It's happening, yeah, exactly. it's happening in real time. So what are you going to choose today? It, it really is crazy. It really is crazy. And it's amazing to think that like, you know, we leave our parents home and then it's up to us. Like all these little things, just creating our lives every single day. Yep. And we all do it a little bit differently. Wow, yeah. or a lot what if, what if we never held back on anything? Yeah. I have to examine because I think that, like, I'm someone that is uninhibited. And my whole thing about being single when I left my last relationship was to be able to finally lead my own life. I thought I could and I wanted to see what that looks like. But I do think that, like, the question becomes, even people that think that they're vulnerable and courageous – asking yourself, where am I right now holding back? Where am I holding back right now? And challenging myself because I know that I hold back so much less in my life, but still I do. And I I think that I have to remind myself that there's still opportunities to fling myself out into the world even more. But also, as you say, like you wanted to, you know, be more of you basically lead your life. What if you could also have that in relationship? Like what if relationship wasn't chosen as something that limited you? What if it was chosen as something that contributed to you? Are you an ENFP? No. What's, I don't know what that is. So like everyone's into these personality tests now and I'm an ENFP. Oh, you know what? I did see that on, um, so I have been playing on, you know, Tinder and Bumble, et cetera. Um, and I did, I had to Google it. Yeah. Because everyone was Says it. giving these terminology. And I think that we might be similar because I think everyone would choose this. And in fact, they don't. Because I've asked people and they say, I don't want that in a relationship. It's like, I'm looking for an expansive relationship. And that's what you're describing. The mornings. I always think about like, you know, I only want people that are going to elevate me. And that makes me feel awake. So I asked my friend, she goes, I don't want that. I want a quiet existence with someone. I go, oh my God. Not like. No, not at all. (laughs) It's all like death. Yeah. So it's like really interesting. I wonder if you're an ENFP, but. I really relate to what you're saying because that's why I hate the word sacrifice. I mean, it should be that like you're able to take on more together, not that you're sacrificing yourself. Well, one of the things that I would quite often say too, is that if you're going to choose a relationship, make sure that you're creating at least 20 times more together than what you would alone. Wow. (laughs) I love that 20 times more. Yeah. Look, To me, I'm like, we're not penguins. I don't think we're meant to mate for life. That's my point of view. If you do meet someone and you you mate with them for life and you have fun, awesome. I'm very happy for you. I mean, I never had to get married because I was like, how am I going to look at somebody else and say, I want to be with you for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? I don't even know where I want to live. I I would like to keep creating my life as this adventure. So to me, that's where a relationship should be in question every day and allowing yourself to, yeah, have relationships. I mean, in truth, a woman needs about three or four men in her life. And I'm not saying that you have to have sex with all of them, but you can, like I've got this friend of mine, um, he's married, he's a gay guy, and we travel quite often together and he's absolutely fabulous. I love shopping with him. He's the best person to go shopping with. We usually are in Italy three times a year and we have these shopping dates and then we go have lunch and champagne and we have this great day together. If I had proposed that to Brendan, 
he would be like, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. Like, you know, totally. <laughs> what are we doing? Shopping and drinking champagne? Go, no. So it's like, but I have, what I had with Brendan was that. And it's like what I have with this other friend of mine. And then, you know, I do have a lot of male friends in my life. I've always been like that. So there's a contribution that they all are to me. It doesn't mean that I'm having sex with all of them. And it doesn't mean that you can't have sex with multiple people. Why not? If that's what works for you, do it. Mm, you're so fabulous. I love it. You really are an inspiration. You are. Thank you, Chelsea. Tell my audience where they can find you. Well, you can go to relationshipsdonedifferent.com and you can also find Brendan there and also accessconsciousness.com. And if you just search my name, I'm the only person that I've ever come across with my name, Simone Millis's. If you Google that, M-I-L-A-S-A-S, then you can pretty much find me everywhere. Hey, thank you for taking on my... Uh, predicament and kind of you know giving me a little direction we'll see what happens we'll see if i'm brave please, enough for it. please let me know what happens <laughs> if i'm brave enough for it i'm gonna i'm gonna think it over and i will send you a message if i do it okay well you can message me on instagram okay oh my yeah. god all right <laughs> <laughs> have a glass of wine and then yeah <laughs> all right thank you for everything i'll be in touch You're with so you welcome chelsea okay thank you bye <laughs> bye if this episode resonated with you it would mean the absolute world if you could pass it on and let other people know about it how you can support this podcast is really just sharing it telling people about it if you know someone that's hurting in their heart tell them about thank you heartbreak and if you want to be a guest on thank you heartbreak reach out to me you can find me on instagram at thank you heartbreak or you can email me directly at chelsea C-H-E-L-S-E-A at breakupward, B-R-E-A-K-U-P-W-A-R-D dot com. And if you're interested in one-on-one coaching sessions, you can visit my website, breakupward.com slash shop, where you can check out directly from my site. It's a super, 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 super simple process. Of course, I will answer any of your questions before you book. And again, you can email me at chelsea at breakupward.com. There's many different coaching options. And I would love to show up for you as you begin to show up in more wise and clarifying and secure ways for yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.